Hi, this is Norm Augustinus. I'm sorry I missed your call. After tone, leave your name and number. I'll get back to you. Like this. So something happened up here. And when I say up here, I mean upper northern Michigan where I live. I live on a hundred acres in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by state land, state forest. When I say that, I mean their land, the state land, abuts exactly right to the back of my land, a hundred acres. Of course, Michigan has thousands upon thousands of acres. Two-thirds of Michigan is just woods, swamps, rivers, streams, lakes, quicksand, sand dunes, mountains. That's how Michigan is. It's only the greatest state in the United States, that's why everybody's moving here. Because you have everything here. And it's surrounded by three great lakes, fresh water. Everybody's going to want to live here eventually when the water runs out or they're going to want to pump our water out to them. It's the greatest state in the U.S. I live up here in the middle of nowhere on a 100 acres. Now, of the 100 acres, only one acre do I keep really tended, tended to and one acre of it is cut really short, and I even fertilize it and put grass in there, I've made a little mini runway for my ultralight aircraft. I'm a private pilot. I have a private pilot license. I have a sportsman's license, and I have an ultralight aircraft. And I use this one-acre manicured area to launch my airplane off of, and I often use it for headstand Mondays. Headstand Mondays, I have this little this little school here, this private school for, for girls, and they're often on Monday, they're exercising, and they're standing on their head, and their legs are spread, and I fly over them with my ultralight aircraft. I've got about a gallon a gallon container, like a mayonnaise container. You'd get at a, a store that sells big lots or big quantities. It's like that, and my cum is in there, and I fly over this school when they're doing headstand Mondays, when they're on standing on their head, and I turn a switch on, and my cum is blown out, pumped out of the container, and it comes out sprayer heads like a sprinkling head. comes out that, and all my cum streams down on these chicks when they're standing on their head. That's why I call it Headstand Mondays. I pump off my cum, my fuck stick, I pump it off, and then I put it in my ultralight aircraft, I connect the container, I connect the hoses, and when I fly over the school, I let my cum go. 
It's blown through these sprinkler heads, and it goes down, and it goes between their legs. It coats their thighs. It coats the back of their head, their hair, everywhere they normally are going to get come, but they're getting it now from an anonymous source, a high-quality source. And I have a telescope mounted to my ultralight aircraft, and I can look down, and you should see these chicks. They can taste that something's happened, something natural, something they desire, something they, they're like a cannibal for. They can taste the cum on their thighs. They can taste the cum between their legs. They can taste the cum on their lips, on their cheeks. They're licking it and licking their lips. They don't know what it is. It's just cum, and they want it. I don't know how many chicks I've gotten pregnant down there, but it's Headstand Monday where I fly over their fucking school when they're doing headstands, exercise hour, or whatever they're doing, and I just rain down my cum on all of them. It's amazing. They can't see where it's coming from. It's a fine mist, but the experienced gals there know that it has come. The people out there, the proctors who are watching the girls when they're doing their headstands, I see them when I look through my telescope and they look kind of confused, kind of puzzled, and they're looking all over wondering where the cum has come from. They know what cum is. They've been taking cum shots to their face, their tits, up their butthole, in their vagina, in their hair, in their eye sockets, their nose holes, their ears. Since they were 14 fucking years old, they know that cum is in the air, like some kind of perfume ad. I see them tasting their lips, taste uh, kissing the lips, licking their lips, licking their fingertips. They wonder where the cum came from. It's just Norm Augustine, a short correspondent, flying over this girl's school in my ultralight aircraft at 3,000 feet. They can't even hear me, but the cum is rolling down. It's raining down cum on that school. I have to get the winds just right. Oh, look at that. There's a cute little squirrel outside the window right in front of where I'm sitting. He's got such a lovely kind of a brown and kind of a dark brown. I've never seen that. Like a calico, like a calico squirrel. Isn't that something? He's so cute. Look, he's such a sweetie. <laughs> Fucking things have been chewing through the shingles of this house for the last two years. Sorry about the interruption. I have to get the winds just right. Get the winds just right. I do something similar when I have these rubber balloons. I get party time helium from Walmart, and I use this party time helium to fill up rubber helium balloons. I attach a Dixie cup to the balloons, three strings I tape to the cup, and they go to the balloon. I put my cum in the Dixie cup. I put a saran wrap over the top and a rubber band, and written on the side of the Dixie cup, it says, Please drink, please pour into vagina. I can't, and it's got my email address on it. I let a hundred go a year because how much can I pump off my cock? My 15.5 pounds of meat. And that's the truth. I got a 15.5 pound dick. And I know it's 15.5 pounds. If you're a regular listener, you already know all about the story. This was my friend. He was a cocaine salesman. He had this fucking old mechanical scale. I was standing there near him. His sister was in there. I asked him if I could weigh my dick on his mechanical cocaine scale while he was cutting coke. He sold all kinds of coke all over. He had two kids and himself. He'd put the cocaine on his shoulder blades and on his kid's shoulder blades. I'd walk into public places and people just thought this family had a lot of dandruff. He was selling coke that way. 
He'd get into the room where the person was buying a Coke. He had a portable little mini battery-operated vacuum, and he'd suck the Coke off the kid's shoulders, suck the Coke off his shoulders, and then the deal was made. I asked him if I could weigh my dick on his cocaine scale. I can lay in bed now, and I hear that slamming sound as that mechanical scale bottomed out when I put my gigantic fucking beaver bat, my cannoli, my cum cannoli on that fucking scale. His sister was in there. I waited. It was 15.5 pounds. I don't know what that is in the metric system. I know the imperial system. I don't care about the metric system. Nobody fucking understands it in America anyway. His sister came over and she asked me if she could lick my balls because she wanted the residual cocaine and to lick my balls at the same time. I can still see her licking my balls and getting that coke off. And then he came over and licked my balls and got the coke off. And this guy was not a fruit. He was not a homo. He was a businessman. He didn't want to waste the coke, imbecile. They're both licking my balls. It was really an interesting time. Licking my balls, getting a coke off. But I learned my dick weighs 15.5 pounds. It's 14 inches fucking long. My balls look like baseballs. Officially sang, National League fucking baseball. They look like baseballs with a leather cover on it all stitched up. That's how big they are. Initially, when I was younger, when my mom was alive, she took me to see a doctor because she thought my balls were too big. She thought there was absent, like swollen. Something was wrong with them. They're getting bigger and bigger. But you need big balls for a dick that size to pump the cum out. If I was at your house right now, I'd pump my cum into your sister's face. If I was at your house right now, I'd pump my cum into your mom's wrinkled, scaggy, sagging face. If I was at your house right now, I'd pump my cum into your twin sister's face. That's just the person, kind of person I am. I just pump it off and get it out. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to leave cum in your bag. That don't make sense. That's not living life. You're supposed to pump the cum out. Got a song of that. Pump the cum out. Pump it out. Pump the cum out. Imbecile. So I have this area in the backyard where I can send my, I can take off on my ultralight. I can spray areas with my cum. This all girls school. And I did see one or two that would look up. Like they thought they got a gift from God. Where'd the cum come from? It's something every chick knows what it is. Everybody knows what cum is, but nobody talks about it. They're looking up in the sky like they had a real present. Like somebody was, they don't know what it is, but they're grateful. And take off on my ultralight, spray my cum all over with my sprayers on my ultralight. I can take off on my ultralight. It's just absolutely amazing. Well, they can do with this fucking back area with the ultralight aircraft. I can use this back area to launch my balloons, my cum-loaded balloons. And at 10,000 feet, 12,000 feet, the balloon will pop. But because I put a fucking saran wrap over the Dixie cup where my cum is, it keeps it fresh. It doesn't leak out. Man, you got a Dixie cup in your backyard and written on it says, please pour into vagina, please drink. And there's a saran wrap over the top of the Dixie cup and a green rubber band. What do you say if you're a chick? You're out there. You're with your fucking hibachi, your barbecue. You're playing jarts. You're playing horseshoes with your fucking old man. You're back there with your kid or whatever. You think your life is over. And all of a sudden, there's three Dixie cups full of fucking premium cum back there. And your life has fucking changed, man. You've hit the jackpot. They love that shit. These emails I get are incredible. Thank you very much, Norman. That's the best cum I've ever had. Thank you very much, Norman. The next time the jet stream is in our way, please remember us and send an additional 10, 15 cups my way. I need that jism in my hole. 
They need it. So something happened to me up here. Kind of got off the track there. Something happened to me, and it's really odd. But as usual, I can work through scenarios. I can work through issues. I'm a problem solver. I can work through this shit, and that's what I did. I had to work through this shit, this issue that came up with regards to what happened. I don't know if you know this or not. I might have talked about it on and off. I used to live in New York City, and I had a girl there, a woman there, that really wanted me. And at one time, she made me a cape because she thought I'd be up in Upper Northern Michigan limited time and come running back to New York City. She made me a cape and had an S on it like a Superman, and I used this cape more than I ever thought I would use. I got this six-wheel all-terrain vehicle, and it's got six wheels. They're big balloon tires, and they got big fins. It's got an 18-horsepower engine, and you can maneuver it with two handles. It's got a fiberglass top that has two bench seats on it. It's an Argo Frontier, they call it. It's long gone, but I got it running premium. I mean, peak. I've worked on this thing. The Argo Frontier is long gone, not made anymore, but this thing's incredible. I can go through rivers, through streams, through ponds, through creeks, in quicksand, up sand dunes. I can go in lakes. I can go anywhere with this fucking thing, and I do do that because it's so handy. When I do do it, I often wear my cape. I don't wear any clothes, and I load up the Argo Frontier with all kinds of dope. I got bourbon. I got dope. I got peppermint schnapps and coffee. I got all kinds of shit, and I always carry my Glock with me in the fucking... There's this little, like, container you can put shit in. And I always have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with me. I travel around on it nude. I like to sing. I like to be free. Now, if you're a bitch up here, ever, if you ever come up here, and you happen to find out where I am, and you hear the Argo Frontier in the distance, you hear a man laughing in the distance, and the engine starting and stopping, and you hear it, and then you see my fucking cape. Be prepared to be fucked out. I'm going to fuck out your hole. I'm going to pump you out. I'm going to use my beaver bat, my cum cannoli, my fuck stick. I'm going to jam it in your back door, your front door, your mouth, your ears. I mean, why else would you be here? I don't play games. I don't play courting games from fucking 1940 or some shit like that. A man is meant to pump a woman, and a woman is meant to pump a man. She sucks him off. He eats her out her pussy if he wants to get cancer and lose his voice box. I have to add that codicil in there. You have to be careful if you eat out pussy. You lose your voice box. Eventually, you get brain cancer. You'll be putting a device on the side of your neck to talk. Your whole fucking life will be over because you had to eat pussy. And that bitch that you ate her pussy, she's rich, man. She's rich. She's not sick. She's just a fucking carrier. She's rich, not sick. Got a built-in swimming pool in the backyard. Got her electric fucking car. Her pussy has, though, killed everybody in her path. It's the Trail of Tears. The Jism Trail. Like the Jism Trail? Out west? She's killed everybody. Everyone in her path has got no voice box. They all got fucking cancer. They cut it out. Every doctor, first thing he says to a person when they have cancer of their voice box in their neck, the first thing the doctor says is, <clears throat> excuse me, have you eaten pussy recently? Are you a pussy eater? Do you eat out the snatch of a whore? That's it. That's what it was. You're dead and she's going to live on, stupid. Why'd you do that? Why'd you eat pussy? But the news doesn't warn you about this. The newspapers, the media, no one says in the, these things, don't eat pussy. You'll lose your voice box. You will get cancer. They wouldn't dare do that. 
They can't stand men. They're glad that one by one, these pussy eaters are dying and women are gaining more and more masses and eventually they'll rule the world. So I like to drive around in my Argo Frontier six-wheel drive thing. And I have done that recently and I did it with my cape as I drove around out in the woods on a hundred acres. Sometimes I go outside that. Just driving around, laughing and drinking and smoking Pinconning Paralyzer. It's grown up here in upper Michigan, upper northern Michigan. Fucking 97% THC. I like to drive around up here wasted. I got my Glock in my hand. I've had a few incidences that's, that were regretful. But I drive around and I look for treasure mostly. As you may or may not know. Most of Michigan was occupied by fucking savages, absolute animals, the Indians. And at one time, the Apaches came out here because they were being persecuted out west, and they came to live in upper northern Michigan. The Apaches, the Arapaho, and some other groups came up here because they wanted to kind of run away from this being chased down out west, and they have lived up here silently since then because upper northern Michigan is so fucking remote. I drive around up here looking for relics, looking for arrows. Now, when I say arrows, you know that an arrow from an Indian, say that was shot in a fucking tree in 1810. Some savage was going to scalp some white man. He's with his bitch in his shithole, his sod house, his lumber house, his log house. Some savage was up here and tried to kill these people. He was going to eat out the white woman and fuck her and then kill her. And he was going to make the fucking white guy blow him. And they're shooting arrows all over the place. Now, if you can find one of these arrows with actual feathers in them, these actual arrows made out of poplar with the arrowhead, they're worth a fucking fortune. People paid ten, fifteen thousand dollars for these arrows. Now, believe it or not, these Indian arrows, actually arrows, are still in trees up here because northern, upper northern Michigan is so dense, so remote, and they're sticking in trees. You can find these things, if you do, in a tree somewhere where some Indian, long dead now, shot that arrow at somebody. Some white fucker he was going to scalp was out here, and that fucker got away, or whatever, or died, but that arrowhead stayed in that tree. Cha-ching, man, that fucking thing's worth $15,000 to the right buyer, the right investor. An actual Indian untouched arrowhead that's only been in this tree for a couple hundred years still sitting in there, if you can find that. That's what I look for when I'm out in the woods. I also look for wampum bags made out of leather. Wampum bags made out of leather may have white man's teeth in it that had fucking gold fillings. Gold fillings, shitloads of them, dozens of them. Like you, got a, you went to the fucking candy store and you bought a box of dots. You're at the movies with your bitch and you're playing with her cunt. You bought her a box of dots. The lights are out. You're playing with her clit. You're squeezing her fucking tits. Maybe she's giving you a hand job in the movie. I've had that happen a million times. It's kind of, kind of gets old after a while. It's like a box of dots. You know what they are? These little round jelly things. And it's like that. A wampum bag discarded, lost by an Indian filled with fucking dozens and dozens of teeth with gold fillings in them. You know, fucking gold is $2,000 an ounce. Think of that. If I find a wampum bag filled with gold fillings, filled with some white fucker's teeth who was up here in upper northern Michigan, going to make a new life for himself. He's got a log cabin up. He's got a shitter in the back. He's got his bitch in there. He goes in there and pumps her, feeds her, pumps her. She blows him. She's in there, and they eventually get, both of them get scalped. And 
that's the kind of thing that happens. And I find a fucking wampum bag. I'd be worth a fortune. I wouldn't have to do this shit anymore. For a simp like you, I wouldn't have to do this. I find an arrowhead, 15,000 fucking dollars. Now, there's also another leather bag called a cherry bag. I don't know why they call that. It's a cherry bag. Indians called it a cherry bag, but it had a different different way of saying it. White people, white men, called it a cherry bag. Now, a cherry bag by an Indian, from an Indian, an Arapaho, an Apache, a Cherokee, which they say are still up here hidden and deeply in these woods, just like an untouched tribe. A cherry bag filled with fucking scalps is worth a fortune. White man scalps. You know, they didn't just fucking scalp a dude's head or a bitch's head. They would scalp a white woman's cunt. And, you know, I I think of that now. When I think of that, when you might think of that, I sort of get fucking tweaked. I get turned on. I can feel my dick getting a little bit, sort of getting bigger. But I got to be careful. This is not a fruity show for fruit. This is a fucking man show. But I can think of that. This fucking cherry bag filled with fucking pussy scalps. Isn't that incredible? You know how fresh these chicks were? White-skinned, coming from Ireland. That's the best kind of bitch there is in the goddamn world. High, really white-skinned. Looks like you dipped this bitch in a bag of flour. You held her by the hands, lowered into her bag of flour. That's how white her skin is. Freckles all over the place. Red freckles, orange eyes, orange fucking hair. I mean, real shit. These full red lips. There's nothing better than the Ireland bitch. And they all came up here to find a new life. And they especially flocked here when Henry Ford was offering everybody eight fucking dollars an hour and a lunch and two breaks. Everybody from all over the world came up here. They're still coming up to Michigan. So you could find a cherry bag, and I looked for cherry bags, filled with fucking the white man's scalp. They're in these leather bags. But more valuable than anything you can imagine is a white bitches from Ireland pussy scalp. She's had her pushy, her pushy, her pussy scalped. I keep saying pushy. She's had her pussy scalped. She went up there to find a new life. She didn't find nothing. A bunch of fucking savages missing teeth with a fucking, with a tomahawk has cut her fucking cunt clean off. It's sort of a turn on. There's a big demand for cherry bags with white Irish bitches fucking pussy scalps in that damn bag. And I want one. I want that. I want to find that. I want to find a fucking wampum bag filled with gold fucking teeth, gold fillings in the teeth. I want to find an arrow from some fucking Apache, some Arapaho, some Cherokee, still in the tree worth 15 fucking thousand dollars. I'm going to find all that shit. And I'm going to find uh, this fucking, the idea of this, this uh, ivory-billed woodpecker. I'm going to find that. Because they're up here. An ivory-billed woodpecker is worth $50,000. That's a reward for it. And I've seen them up here, and I'm going to find that. All the treasures, all the fame, all the fortune, everything I could ever dream of to take me out of this extremely hard time into a good time, a good life, lounging by a fucking pool with pussy galore all over the place. That's within my grasp. I just drive around in the fucking woods up here with my six-wheel drive fucking, my six-wheel drive ATV, my Argo Frontier. I just drive around. I'm looking for this shit, a cherry bag, a fucking wampum bag, an arrowhead, the fucking ivory-billed woodpecker. It's unending what you can find up here. You know, there's one more thing. They used to have people that would hide inside trees or they would live in a tree. If I could find a fucking Indian that was inside a tree, 
He's in that tree and it's kind of sealed up, had a big opening. He's fully intact. I wouldn't have to fucking work again. I wouldn't have to do this shit. Wires and recorders and fucking amplifiers and fucking head. I wouldn't have to do anything like that. To sit out in my backyard using Morse code, sending fuck me sick signs out all over and getting chicks all the time. That's what I would, that's what I would do. So that's why I drive around in the Argo Frontier six-wheel drive vehicle with my Superman cape on because I'm free and I know what's ahead of me because there's no doubt. I don't have a single doubt. I believe it 1,000 times to the pie power that I'm going to find one of those items in the woods up here. I'm going to find it. Maybe some crystal skull or something. Some Indian took off some way. I don't really know. I'm going to, I'm going to find something that's going to be highly valuable. Early settlers used to hide their money and you can find old traces of foundations here from early settlers, 1800, 1790 in Michigan. I'm going to find something the fuck in there. Their coins, maybe an 1855, an 1855 $20 gold piece, an $1854 $20 gold piece. They're worth fucking a half a million dollars. I'm going to find that. I once was with a bitch metal detecting. Then we got to get back to the story. I was once with a bitch metal detecting. I loaned her a metal detector. We went to a farmhouse. I was going to fuck her in this abandoned farmhouse. I was going to take her room to room, try to evoke all kinds of maternal emotions, like her, it's her man there, she's in her house, we're going to fuck in all the rooms. She's out metal detecting in this vacant land with all kinds of tall weeds. She finds an 1854, $1,855, $20 gold piece. It was worth a half, it was worth a half a million dollars. $500,000 that I should at least got half of. I gave her the metal detector. I got nothing. It still hurts today. Though today she's broke. There was a well in the back, and she went by the well, and I probably wouldn't be here right now recording this or able to be able to talk to you because I was going to throw her into the fucking well. As she went to the well, I was going to hang on to her panties and pull those off and take the $20 gold piece, and I'd still have her panties. I could have put those on the fucking internet for I don't know how much. This woman died just before the panties came off, and the crotch and the thing, that heart area, that was where the cum was. That'd be worth a fortune, too. I don't have that. Best kind of fucking used panties you can sell on the Internet is just before they die and you got the panties. I didn't get any of that money from that metal detecting fiasco. I cannot let that shit happen again. Fuck stick. I can't let it happen again. So I go around the woods here with a Margo Frontier. I blow my cum over the fucking all-girls school. I send up balloons filled with cum in the Dixie Cups. I do all kinds of shit like that, all kinds of adventures. This time I say to myself, I'm going out in the woods. I got my LSD. I got my fucking Pinconning Paralyzer, 97% THC, only grown in Michigan. It's so goddamn powerful that you won't even know who you are. I've been asleep in the woods here three, four fucking days without any clothes on, just my Superman cape just sitting out here, gone. When you wake up, you feel really refreshed. You didn't even have to eat. You don't know why you didn't eat. You don't eat. There might be shit all over the place. You shit. There may be piss all over the place. It doesn't really matter. But boy, were you fucking free. And that's where the key is. That's where the essential area that you want to be, that free space. You want to be able to somehow go there once or twice a day, and you're nothing. You're like a fucking dummy. You're not thinking. You're not planning. You're not doing anything. You've been taken offline, and it feels good. So I took out the Argo Frontier. 
and I had my cape, I had my dope, I had my fucking Glock in case there's a problem. I did have a problem once with some fucker one time that was out there fishing, and I had a problem with him, and I had to take him down, and I'm not proud of that, but I did started running towards me. I tried to pull away with the Argo Frontier. I had this thing fucking gunned. Both handles will full or forward. If you pull them back, the thing will stop or go backwards. And I couldn't get away from this guy. He was getting faster and faster, closer and closer. He had the scariest fucking face like yellow eyes and his gums were pulled back and his teeth were, I could see his teeth, his mouth were open. This fucker was going to do me harm. His mouth was open. I put one or two shots right above his upper lip. And that was the end of that. I had to get the fuck out of there. You have to defend yourself in the woods. In the woods, you go back a hundred years, especially very dense woods. You don't know what could be out there. So I'm out in the woods driving around my Argo Frontier. I got a ham radio, a little portable ham radio. They call it an HT. That's short for a handy talkie. It's five watts out for this this small fucking ham radio, it's a portable, and I'm within range of a of a repeater, so I can get on this radio at any time onto this repeater, which amplifies your signal, and I could call for help at any time, so I always carry this thing with me. I'm out there, I don't know, a few days ago, I'm out there for, I guess I was out there overnight into the next morning, and I was going to leave sometime around 10.30 or 11, and I remember getting up too late. It might have been 11, 11, 15 when I got up. And I sort of lost my way back because the woods here, the, the more like a forest, is so damn dense. I sort of lost my way and because it is so damn dense. But my cape was floating behind me. I had all my supplies, all my shit. I put my Glock on my lap so I could keep a hold of it. I have it on my lap. Now, I have such big balls that I can kind of fold my balls and my dick around the gun, and it doesn't move at all. You know how your balls are, your meat is. It can be sort of sweaty and sticky, and it's pliable and bendable, your ball meat, your dick meat, and I hold my gun there so I can get to it really super fast. Now, as I'm driving around with the Argo Frontier, it's a lot of fun. Push the handles forward to go forward. Pull the handles back to stop or go in reverse. Pull the left, push the left handle up and pull the right handle back and you'll go to the right and you'll vice. Well, you can figure that out how it works. So I get into this kind of a thick area that I've never been in before and I think, wow, this looks like fucking good wampum bag area. This looks like a good fucking cherry bag area. This looks like a good fucking ancient arrow stuck in a poplar tree or made out of poplar. This looks like a prime area for that shit. It's really dense, but this thing will plow through. I put a little point on front of the Argo Frontier that I can remove. It's got clips and that point will kind of be able to make me go through anything. I can use it like a battering ram and go through anything. A little point, I used a railroad tie. I cut it up and I can go through literally anything in the woods. This thing's powerful. 18 horsepower engine, an old Briggs and Stratton, got an old giant clutch and these fucking belts with teeth on them. It's just an amazing device. It's a like a tank, something that the military should have. So I start plowing through this very thick area and my heart starts racing. Because I think, man, this is great. I'm going to find a fucking cherry bag. I can feel it. I always know when I can feel I can feel it. I can just feel something coming. I'm going to find a wampum bag. I can feel it. A wampum bag. A cherry bag. Fucking bag of gold-filled gold filled teeth. A fucking cherry bag. Some chick's pussy scalped in the bag. Lots of, of pussy scalps in that goddamn bag. If you can get a pussy scalp that's actually 
real orange hair, red hair from some sexy bitch in Ireland, you got it made. Everybody and their fucking brother wants these. The black market, they want them, man. They just want them. They put holes in them, and then they put a string through it or a chain through it, and they wear this fucking scalp, this pussy scalp around their goddamn neck. It supposedly brings you all kinds of luck. This red-headed pussy scalp. You don't know the chick's gone. She's long gone. But you've got this most intimate thing around your neck that once belonged to her. They're just invaluable, and I want one. Man, I fucking want one. I want one now. I'm driving through this area thinking, I'm going to find that. I'm going to find the arrow. I'm going to find the fucking ivory-billed woodpecker, 50 grand reward. They're supposedly extinct, but I saw one here in Michigan, up here in upper northern Michigan, in the woods. So I'm driving through this area. I'm taking a swig of fucking bourbon, and then I go for the peppermint schnapps and coffee like a chaser. And I'm driving through this area, and it feels really good. I feel like I'm getting close. I'm really pushing through some dent, a dense thicket of fucking vines. It's incredible. And they're above me. They're on the side of me. Then I come to a side of an open area. And here's where this shitting thing changes. Here's where something really goes. Is it a raw? And I debated. I said to myself, should I tell these fuckers this story? Can I tell these fuckers this story? Is it too intimate? Is it too private? Is anything about it illegal? You have to think of, is anything about it immoral? You have to think of these repercussions, these implications, whatever you do every day in your life, you do it in your shitty burned out neighborhood. You fucking got Clem's restaurant at the corner. You got everybody in your neighborhood. They all fucking moved out. You knew everybody. Now there's nothing but foreigners there. The whole goddamn block's gone. All the doors are locked. Their curtains are closed. Everybody's looking out the fucking windows. Some cor- It's all gone and you're stuck there drunk at Clem's waiting for some white woman to come in there and you might pump her maybe there's a sister that comes in there. you might pump her she might blow you and you just do this again and again and again go home to a pizza and whack off but that's not what i want i don't think that's what you want either so i drive through this area in the woods and i slow down the argo frontier when I say slow down, you just pull back on the handles and it goes slower and slower and slower. And then I can turn this key and shut the damn thing off when I have a super feeling. And I'm getting every super feeling you could ever imagine. I mean, any super feeling, I've got it. Something's happening here. I'm near a fucking cherry bag. I'm near a fucking wampum bag. I'm near an arrow. I'm near the ivory-billed woodpecker. My ships come in. I'm going to change. Everything's going to change for me. And I'll be on easy street. That's what they call it. It's an easy street. So I start walking manually. I take the Glock off my lap. I got my cape on. I must say it sort of empowers me. And here's why. I think any fucker that sees a naked dude out here, six foot three, 175 pounds, with a massive fucking dick and a Glock in his hand and a Superman cape, he's got to be fucking nuts. They think you're like a guy who lives out in the woods, maybe been out of here for years. They think you're nuts. That gives me some insulation, some time to react, some time to use, if I have to, use the gun. So I'm walking in the fucking woods. And I got these little shoes on that look like Indian moccasins. I can't remember exactly where I got them. I think someone made them for me up here. I'm not sure. A woman up here that I fucked made them for me from a kit that she ordered from Timu.com. It's some chink website and they sell everything under the sun so i'm walking through this particular area and then dead ahead of me complete with like a mist complete like with a fog floating maybe four feet off the ground five feet off the ground 
it's always misting up here deep in the woods because you got all these little rivers and streams and swamps and you got things composting happening and vapor comes off that kind of a steam comes off that because of a reaction with a rotting process going on. I look in front of me, fucker. And when I look in front of me, I see this image in this fog and it's the goofiest looking image you ever saw. It's a woman whose head is like touching the top of the where the canopy is of the of the vines and shit. Her head is touching that. And her eyes are open, and she's just seemingly standing there. That's all I can see. I think, fucking A, this is a tall chick. She looks tall. And look at her back there. She looks tall. Why she's standing there? And I immediately got the willies. You ever get the willies? I was gobsmacked, freaked out. I immediately got the willies, the, the scary thing. And I could feel the goose pimples on my legs and arms. And I pulled my Glock. I pulled it. I got it prepared to fire. And I thought, what the hell is this? I mean, this is a, this is really creepy. Like a, looks like a woman to me. Like a woman, a tall woman standing in the goddamn woods in front of me. No woman in her right mind would be there. They're not there. That's why they won't buy a fucking electric car. They won't buy an electric car because they're scared to death. They won't have energy or electric wherever they end up. Wherever they went to get dick, take 10, 12 inches up their crapper. They're afraid to come back now because they got to use a douchebag to clean their holes out. They're afraid that if that power isn't there, they're going to be vulnerable. No bitch wants that. Gas station everywhere. Try to find a charging station anywhere. It's tough, tough going. They don't want that. So I call out. I call out to her. I say, Miss? You all right, miss? I'm over here. I want to make her show that I'm not a threat. I'm over here. Uh, my name is Norm. Norm Augustine is tall, thin, handsome. The fucking recipe of what people want to do. People want to be. Chicks think I'm sexy. They want to blow me. They want to hump me. I'm trying to make conversation with her and put her at ease. And I even smile. That's why people smile. When you send a smile, you're transmitting this notion, this idea, this, this thought. You're saying, I'm not a threat. I'm not dangerous. I'm your friend. I could be your friend. See me smiling? So I do that. I do that. I walk closer and closer. She doesn't respond. I walk closer, but I take it easy. I move to the right. I go to the left a little bit. I look behind me. I do the alligator. That's when if an alligator is after you, you do this zigzag run. Same thing with this fucking sub. If you got a submarine or something after you or some other subs chasing it or a battleship, they do this zigzag thing to get away from it, to throw it off. And I do all that stuff. And no movement, nothing. And the fog really is creepy. It's like something you'd see in a horror movie in a cemetery that the the production company made happen with fog machines and everything else. Except this is real. Now as I get closer and closer, I see that there's a what looks like to be, I see a wheel under. A wheel. Not like an RV, nothing like that. I just see a wheel. I get closer and closer. I look behind me. I've got my Glock ready to go. I'm ready to blow somebody in half. I'm ready to blow them, cut their head, cut, actually cut their head off with multiple shots if something goes down because I can't get taken out at this stage in my life. A, I'm too big. B, I got too much going for me. C, I've got all these plans, all these ideas. D, I can't, just can't let that happen now. So I get closer and closer to her. I talk to her. I stick reaching out, keep making sounds with voice sounds and keep making questions and statements, all the things you would do. When I got closer, I was absolutely shocked, gobsmacked. Honestly, that's it. Shocked 
and scared at the same time. It was frightening. You say, what'd you see, Norm? What I saw is this. I saw a woman sitting atop a unicycle. Do you know what a unicycle is? A unicycle is a one-wheeled kind of a transportation, one-wheeled version of a bike. It's got one wheel, and the pedals come out of the wheel on both sides, and then there's a seat that comes up it, and you sit on the seat, and you balance the unicycle under you as you pedal. It's just a one-wheeled bicycle. They call it a unicycle. I see this woman sitting on a fucking unicycle in the middle of the woods, upper northern Michigan, in this foggy fucking area that makes no sense. And I look closer, and she's she's dead. I mean, the woman's dead. Her eyes are open. And the problem is, what I can see, what I deduced, her hair, which was very beautiful hair, kind of a blondish brown with streaks, and long, maybe down the middle of her back. Try to imagine a chick running through your neighborhood, and she's got shorts on, she's got her tennis shoes on, her sneakers, whatever it is, and her hair's in a pony, and it's bouncing back and forth. You've seen that. That's the kind of hair she had. Except the hair had snagged in this thick brush, this thicket of brush, this knotted up fucking, I don't know what they were, ivy grapes, grape ivy, really knotted up dense brush. Her hair had gotten snagged in this shit, it looks like, while she was on the unicycle. Her feet are still on the pedals. And the bike itself, the tire is deflated, like she's been there a while. Deflated, like it rotted or cracked up and all the air leaked out. That's what happens to rubber tires on bikes, even cars. They start to rot, the air leaks out, they go flat, and they sit there and look ugly, and you can't really go anywhere. Her tire was flat, she's sitting on the unicycle, her knotted-up hair is above her but behind her, like she had hit it, snagged it, and couldn't get it out. Now, her right arm is like bent over her right shoulder blade, if you can imagine that. It's bent over her right shoulder blade and just kind of frozen there. Looks like to me, if I was to deduce what happened, I was some cr- kind of criminologist, some kind of cop. It looks like she tried to free her hair from what it got snagged in while she was driving the unicycle through the fucking woods. And it makes no sense. There was no trail there. Why would she be pedaling a unicycle, a chick, a lone chick, through the woods on a unicycle? Doesn't I mean, that's creepy. That's really odd. I mean, that, that's even weirder than that chick finding the 1855 $20 gold piece that was worth $500,000. I gave her the metal detector. I loaned it to her. She got all the money. Father threatened me, told me he was going to put me in jail, restraining orders, personal protection orders, court orders, lawyer, fucking lawyers, letters from lawyers. It never ended. Not for fucking six or eight months. I wanted half that money. But her arm and stuff was behind her right, her right shoulder. She was driving around in the woods, this woman, on a unicycle, with shorts on, tennis shoes, and it looks like she tried to free her hair from the, the thicket of grape ivy, these, this dense thicket of vines. She tried to free her hand from that shit, and she couldn't. And she died. You can only go three days without water. She couldn't free herself. She died. If she had gotten off the unicycle, I think that she might have hurt her neck or hung herself somehow. She couldn't do that. So she stayed on the unicycle, tried to free herself, couldn't free herself, and then died in place because she didn't have any water for three days. You can go three days without water. That's it. I don't know how you can go like two weeks with, you can go two weeks or more without food. But water, no. And I looked at her. I walked around her. This was my kind of bitch. This was my kind of eccentric whore. 
this oddity, this uniqueness. There it was in front of me like a fucking art show in New York City, like I was at the Museum of Fine Arts or some shit like that. I was there looking at a Jackson Pollock. It was that kind of thing. It was that exciting what I was looking at, like performance art, except she was truly dead, truly dead. I could see where she went through the thicket, and a lot of vines were broken up. I could see her trail of her tire coming through there. I don't know why she thought she could get there, and eventually she couldn't move anymore because her hair was totally snagged, impossible to get out, and that was it for her. She froze there and died there. You know she had blue eyeshadow on? I haven't seen that in fucking years. I've always loved blue eyeshadow. It was fantastic. She had false eyelashes on. They were long. I've always loved false eyelashes. These shorts she had on were fantastic. They were jean shorts, and they had four or five metal buttons in the front, like she'd come out of a time travel warp or some shit. And it didn't make sense where she ended up, like she was, I know this is silly, like she was pedaling in some other dimension and ended up going through something and ended up in the goddamn woods there. There was no trail behind her. And suddenly when she was on the unicycle, wherever she came from, she suddenly was now had her hair snagged in the thicket of shit, was in the middle of nowhere and died there. It was exciting. You know, I smelled her skin. I could smell perfume. I smelled her skin. I saw some of her teeth. They were nice teeth. Her tennis shoes, all of it, everything about her I liked. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen with this. Since I've been in the goddamn woods. The strangest. I had something strange happen to me once, years and years ago. I was in a wood boat, and I was on the lake, and I was fucking a woman from the rear. And as I was banging around from the rear, she was on all fours in the wood boat. It was just a tiny little skiff, a little boat. The fucking bottom fell out of the boat. And she went right through the fucking floor. She went right through the bottom of the boat while I was fucking her. And she was in the same position. It was the clearest water you ever saw. And she was in the same position like she was still getting fucked from the rear as I saw her torpedo down to the bottom of the lake. She was in the same position like she was getting fucked from the rear, only she went through the bottom of the boat so quick that she didn't have time to react and just went with it. Oh, well, I guess I'll die in all fours. Had a cock in me and everything's changed now. So long, cruel world. Something like that. That happened to me once. I could go into much more detail. Maybe I will someday in one of these fucking recordings. But this woman, getting back to the woman, it was odd. It was strange. It was exciting. It was spooky. I still had the Glock out ready to start shooting. I didn't know what this was. Some devil's work or some shit like that, and I was waiting to be taken out. And I know what you could say. Norm, you're too long in the goddamn middle of nowhere. Norm, you're too long in the fucking woods. Norm, you're too wasted all the time. Just up here in your Superman cape on your Argo Frontier, flying around, fucking spraying your cum all over the fucking girls' school. On Headstand Monday. No, I'm not. I'll admit when I'm gone. I'll understand when I'm gone. But I'll have used every inch of what I have and every inch of what I am. And when that's fucking gone, I will go. I'll admit it. I'll be the first to admit it. And then I'll go at my own doing. Something you should think about. In some fucking state hospital. With some big monster there. Some bitch. With a latex glove trying to dig out your shit. Because you can't go to the bathroom anymore. As you're whining and moaning. You got one more piece of jewelry left. That they haven't stole. And you've tried to hide that in your bed. So. I looked at the woman all over the place. And what I'm going to say is a really 
really creepy. She, she had a spell on me. She put a fucking spell on me. I fell in love with this bitch. I mean, I fell in love with her. I just fell head over heels in love with this cow. On this bicycle with these fucking jean shorts, this hair knotted up up there, her eyes still open, her right hand like that, and it was over by her shoulder. I think she was trying to pull herself free, and when she died, it just froze like that. Her arm did. She got rigor, then fell out of rigor. I don't know what happened. It fell down a little further. I just fell in love with her. So here's what I did. I mean, this is what I did. I took her off the fucking bike, off the the unicycle. I got her off of it. I don't know how long she was there, but she still seemed soft to me. I took her off the unicycle. I unknotted her hair. I have a fucking machete in the six-wheel drive Argo Frontier. Big fucking blade. I will cut your goddamn head off. I've chased bitches with it around the house. Chicks love that shit. If you've never done like that, nothing like that, you're missing out. When a bitch is in bed with you, she's got no clothes on, she's covered and cum, she's still undulating from the four or five orgasms you've given her, and you suddenly turn towards her, and you have this bizarre look in your eyes, and she can feel it. Chicks know this. She can feel you've lost your mind, that you're gone. You suddenly look at her. She knows her life is in danger. She'll get out of the bed, run out the fucking door totally naked, and as you're chasing her with the machete, she's coming again and again and again. I'm going to cut your fucking head off. You say it to her. You yell it like you're so proud, like you just graduated college or got out of high school. And it's just like that. Fucking Alice Cooper's playing schools out forever. You're running after her. I will cut your head off, bitch. She can't understand it. One minute you're eating her out. One minute she's sucking your cock. And now you're chasing her with a fucking chrome-plated machete. Complete with a leather strap to hold it on your wrist so you don't lose it. They're expensive. So I took the woman off the fucking unicycle. And I, I mean, I did this so gracefully. I fell in love with this corpse. I fell in love with her spirit, her attitude, what she was. She was on a unicycle taking advantage of the life she was given. I fell in love with her. She was adventurous. She was sexy. She took chances. I liked everything I saw about her, her makeup. It was all designed to pull someone in to fuck her. I took her off the unicycle. I had to peel her off of it. When I took her off the seat, it sounded like a Velcro strip. That You ever hear that sound when you pull a Velcro strip apart? That It sounded like that. I couldn't get her hair out of the fucking the brush that had killed her, ultimately killed her. She got snagged in it. I used the machete and I cut her hair. I sawed the machete on her hair to get her off the fucking thing. I picked her up, I took her off the bike ever so carefully, and I held her in my goddamn arms. I felt good. I didn't kill her. Fate had killed her. Dad had killed her. I didn't kill her. She was in my arms like I was holding a, a frail old lady. You were carrying her into a restaurant. You were carrying her to the shitter in a fucking McDonald's because she can't shit. She's got a diaper on filled with 15 pounds of fecal matter. I was carrying her like that. But carefully, like I loved her, I, I so loved her. And I just walked back and forth in this little thicket of area. I walked back and forth and I was talking to her, saying stupid shit. You're going to be all right. I love your makeup. You're so elegant, so pretty. Is that, is that White Diamonds by Liz Taylor? Is that your perfume? 
Is that Clive Christensen perfume? Is that lip gloss? I love the way you put the little sparklies on your chest. What kind of makeup is that? You roll it on your chest, little sparklies. You're so attractive. You're so lovely. Where, where are, have you been with this whole travel of my life? Where have you been? Why didn't you show up sooner with a little more vim and vigor than you have now? It was incredible. And when I was holding her, her legs were limp still. I held her and let her legs go down until her tennis shoes hit the ground. And then I held her like I loved her. Sure, that's mental. Sure, that's not normal. I can't describe what had come over me. Her legs were on the ground and I was humming and we were dancing together. We were dancing, motherfucker. It takes a lot for me to put this out, to admit this. We were dancing. Man, the clock was on top of the ATV, the fucking machete I put down, and we were dancing, though I kept looking at the machete and the clock because this was so bizarre. We were dancing and I was humming. We've only just begun. To live. That fucking song by Karen Carpenter. White lace and promises. A kiss for luck and we're on our way. We've only just begun. I was humming that with this woman and I was dancing with a corpse who was dead on a unicycle who had died because her hair snagged a brush above her. I don't know what she was doing out there. We were dancing, man. It was wonderful. It was lovely. I could feel her. This girl had so much love in her, it didn't matter she was dead. The spirit that she held inside her, that she encapsulated inside the vault of spirits in her skull, was so powerful I could still feel them even though they had been fucking snuffed out. I don't know how long I danced with her. We danced, we laughed, and I did laugh, and I imagined her laughing. I could still smell the perfume. And then I took over to the fucking Argo Frontier. And I bent her over the back of it, and I fucked her. I fucked her, man. I'm not fucking kidding you, man. I fucked her. I don't know where she was from. I don't know what dimension, where she came from, why she was in the woods. But I fell the fucking heads over heels in love with her, and I fucked her on the back of the Argo Frontier from behind. And it was one of the tightest fits I ever felt. I never fucked any dead corpse in my life. But she was tight. I went from the ass. She was very accommodating. I went from the asshole. I went from the fucking cunt. I went from the cunt to the asshole. And then I flipped her over and laid her on her back on the Argo Frontier over the hood of it. And I blew my load between her tits. As I was looking at her unicycle. As I was having conversation with her. I was making plans with her. I wanted her to come back with me to the house. It was a very... Very powerful moment for Norm Augustinus. I mean, powerful. A heapin' powerful. I fucked her from the rear. I fucked her from the front. I blew my load between her tits. I could smell her perfume because I was perspiring. My my perspiration was landing on her skin. As I was humping her, I was looking on her chest, and she had used this makeup, this cover, whatever it is, this liquid, whatever women use, and... It had all these sparklies in it all over her chest, and I lost myself. I became super fucking focused, and I saw all these sparklers, sparkling little things like they were like fucking, like 
planets or something like stars and if you look out in the dark sky and i was completely lost looking at these stars traveling around the fucking galaxy with her it's amazing there's that the goddamn unicycle still there as i was fucking her i can see the two-thirds hair i cut off with the machete it was still hanging from the brush that had killed her her spirit her adventure taking advantage. This is the day the Lord hath given me. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Yeah, she was dead. But everything I saw there was like a statuette of what she once was. A burned-in image, a laser image into a, into a wall of rock. There she was transmitting her fucking frequency, who she was, where she was, when she was. I remember I pulled her legs back. I took her panties off. And her snatch, it wasn't like a normal snatch. It was it was like an angel snatch. It was the most beautiful snatch I'd ever fucking seen. And I've seen a lot of snatches. I've humped literally thousands of women. When I was in Vietnam, I think I told you I was in a Huey helicopter. I was a door gunner. We used to drag a dildo from the helicopter with a long fucking cable in the jungle bottom, the jungle floor. We stood about 300 feet above the trees. That was it. Or you could be taken out. All these goddamn VC women. All these fucking, these VC chicks. They'd run to the dildo. They'd grab onto the rope. We'd pull them up. We'd fuck them one after another. They saw that dildo as a way to get to America. Freedom. Opportunity. That dildo. That dick-like thing. This fucking... Big goddamn icon. False idol. Just like American bitches do here with dildos. Billions and billions sold. They idolized the cock. That's all he idolizes, the dick. Looked into that chest. I was gone. I was taken away. Her eyes were wide open. The left eye was starting to stink. And I kind of turned my face away from that. And there was shit leaking out of her ears. Because she was dead. I I fucking told you she was dead. But man, this was like surreal. Just like surreal. Now I have Vienna sausages I always carry with me and I have a Bunsen burn. I have a fucking alcohol, a little can of alcohol in this little portable stovetop thing. You pull out the legs and you can put the alcohol, this little can of alcohol under it and you can cook anything. I cooked the Vienna sausages after we were done fucking because I like to take chicks out for a meal like my friend Leroy Todd did every time he fucked someone. I made Vienna sausages. I ate most of the can because she didn't have much of an appetite. I did put one Vienna sausage in her mouth. She had beautiful teeth. I hardly ever meet a girl that doesn't have a lot of fillings, silver amalgam fillings. This chick didn't have any. I prayed to God. I literally prayed to God. I prayed to the Christian God. I I pulled every fucking phrase out of the Torah, every possibility to bring this woman back because I know we were meant to be together. This couldn't have been an accident. This was better than the goddamn cherry bag. This was better than a fucking wampum bag. This was better than finding an ancient arrowhead, the entire arrow intact and in a tree shot by an Apache 150, 200 fucking years ago with a fortune. This was better than all of that shit. I had been delivered with the ultimate thing. 
I had found something in upper northern, in the upper northern Michigan woods, except what was it worth on the market? Nothing. I'd look like a mental case. I'd look nuts. I'd look out of my gourd. And I start to cry. I start to fucking cry, man. I mean, I fucking was falling apart about this shit. And I'm telling you right now, I was, I was fucking falling apart, man. I had to put her back on the unicycle. I put her back on the unicycle with all the cum dripping out of her. I put her back there. I posed her just the way she was. In her hair that I had cut off, I have duct tape. I always carry in a box in the Argo Frontier ATV. And I cut and tore the duct tape in the little strips so I could glue her hair back on. The foot or so or 18 inches that I cut off, I can kind of tape it back on. Then I use the hair to hide the tape. And I just stood there and I cried, man. If I fucking... If I had a rosary, I'd have counted all the beads. I just cried and cried and cried. What is this man, I kept saying. What is it? What went on here? What is the purpose of this? Is this even real? Am I out of my fucking mind? Am I fucking schizophrenic? What has happened here? You don't still see the person on the Argo Frontiers you're backing out? As you're backing out on the Argo Frontier, moving out of this area that I found her? She wouldn't still be there? She was still there even when I was quite a ways away and could look back. This thing was fucking real. Driving through the woods on a unicycle. A mind like your correspondent. The mind of all minds. The fucking thing that I've been looking for my whole life was right there and I couldn't have it. Excuse me. I couldn't have it, man. You've been listening to the one and only My dick is enormous. There is no escape. We meet at the big clock in cyberspace. It's dark out there in cyberspace. It's scary out there in cyberspace. You're out there in cyberspace. You're frozen with fear. You don't know what to do. You're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking to the right, you're looking to the left. It's windy out. You don't know what to do. You are frozen. Till eventually and quite abruptly, you hear this distant chiming clock in the background. And you follow the chiming clock until it gets louder and louder and louder. Eventually bringing you upon this brightly illuminated place in cyberspace. There's thousands of people there. They're holding hands. They're smiling. They've been waiting for you. There's that thing that brought you to this place in the first place. It's a tower. A hundred, hundred and fifty feet tall, brown bricks, tan mortar. Way at the top of this tower is a glass bezel. It's a clock. It's backlit. And above this is this chimey bell-like thing. 
that brought you to this place in the first place. And you know why you're at this place in the first place. You're here to clear out your pains, your frustrations, your aches, your woes, your disappointments, your hurts, the person that died on you, the ramen noodles, your sick of eating, the credit cards you can't pay off, the apartment you can't pay for, the house you think you'll maybe never own, the bitch who left you, the guy who left you. You're here to clear all those pains and frustrations out. And how do we do that? Well, the moment you heard my voice, you were instantly and automatically filled up with this highly absorbent orange-colored solution. It's been inside your body, sloshing about this entire recording. And now, at the end of this recording, we lie you gently down, we pop the corks in your toes, and all of that highly absorbent orange-colored solution comes gushing out of your body. Look at it. It's forming a small mini lake alongside you. It's orange colored. It's rusty. It stinks. It's toxic. We shake your feet getting out the last drops of highly absorbent orange colored solution and replace the corks in your toes. You can't believe how good you feel. You feel like you could go on another second, another minute, another day, another hour, another year, maybe infinitely. It doesn't matter that a friend of yours is making $250,000 a year and lives in a $700,000 house. It doesn't matter that another friend of yours has got the best-looking bitch you've ever seen or another friend of yours has the best-looking dude you've ever seen. None of that shit matters. All that matters is how good you feel right now. You know you can feel this good anytime you want to, anytime you're in duress, anytime you feel like you can't go on another second. All you gotta do is think of the big chiming clock in cyberspace where you meet your pal, your friend, Norm Augustinus, and instantly and almost automatically you feel refreshed and clear. You know the best part of this recording, the most important part of this recording, at least to me, is that for one hour we were friends. Friend, I enjoyed myself. I hope you did too. Write me, normaugustinus at gmail.com. Tune in again for another exciting episode from the amazing mind of Norm Augustinus. Dear Ruthie, how are you? I am fine. Ruthie, can you loan me $357,000? I have come up with an amazing product. Let me explain. Ruthie, are you aware of the fact that most women keep their iPhone in their back pocket? This practice is handy, but it is also deadly. And here's why. Most women are constipated three times more than men. That means that a woman's turd stays housed inside her large colon for up to six weeks. Ruthie, the deadly radiation that is emitted from an iPhone that is in the woman's back pocket gets transferred into the giant turd that is lodged in the woman's large colon. Eventually, the turd becomes super radiated. And if you could see the huge female doo-doo log, you would see that the turd is actually blinking on and off like a strobing light bulb due to the high radiation coming off the iPhone. Ruthie, when a man humps a woman that is constipated, his cock will become radiated thanks to her radiated shit log that has been parked a very long time inside her large colon. 
iPhones in back pockets radiate the turd, and the turd radiates the man's schlong while a man is bawling a woman. Last year, 1.2 million pricks were amputated due to iPhones and radiated female turds. Ruthie, I am in contact with female clothing manufacturers throughout the world. They have agreed to line the back pockets of women's pants with lead, which will stop the iPhone radiation from penetrating their enormous female turd that may be stuck forward slash lodged inside the woman's large colon. With my lead panel, men can bang out a woman's hot, wet, undulating fuckhole and not have to worry about getting his dick radiated and ultimately cut off. Ruthie, can you loan me the money? Female pants that can save a man's cock will fly off the shelves this coming holiday season. The clothing line is called SAD, which stands for Save a Dick. Get back to me, ASAP. Love, Norman. P.S. I bumped into your big-titted little sister at the guitar shop off Main Street. She was singing a folk song she wrote and playing a guitar and drinking a Starbucks coffee. When your big-titted little sister saw me, we went into the back room, and she unzipped my pants, and she sucked my cock. The flat-chested manager came into the back room, and she was pissed, and she said your big-titted little sister and I were unholy and evil. So I swung the guitar over her head and knocked her the fuck out. And then the assistant manager came into the back room, and she said she was calling the police. So I swung the guitar over her head, and the guitar broke in half, and she was knocked the fuck out too. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for shopping at Melvin's Guitars and Concrete Bird Baths. Today, we are auctioning off Janis Joplin's guitar pick. Janis Joplin would use this guitar pick on her clitoris and get herself off while she was on tour. It still smells like pussy, too. If you'd like to smell a guitar pick, please come to the customer service counter. Also, please ignore the sounds you hear coming out of the back room. That is just one of our customers sucking off a man's cock. Thank you for shopping at Melvin's Guitars and Concrete Bird Baths. Women are constipated three times more than men. When you're walking down the halls and your balls hit the walls, it's a rupture.